Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Michael Walden. Thank you again for joining me. You're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. This is a show where I get to have a, well, fairly one-sided discussion on why and how you can become your own blood detective. The reasons for becoming your own blood detective have never been more imperative. We now live in a corona world, and my personal opinion is that uh, coronavirus will likely become endemic, just like the flu and measles, and it will be in our lifetimes and most certainly our children's lifetimes, if you have children, uh, for perhaps many generations to come. Besides corona, remember the world before corona? We were concerned about all sorts of infectious agents and toxins and other health issues, and all of those still remain ever-present. So each of my radio shows from this point on will carry more of an urgency in terms of the information given and why you should implement some of the areas of discussion. For example, today I'll be talking about nutritional supplements. The title of today's talk is How to Damage Your Health with Nutritional Supplements in 10 Easy Steps. I'm going to say that one more time because it's that important. How to damage your health with nutritional supplements in 10 easy steps. So I'm going to talk about how most of my patients who I've evaluated uh, for nutritional needs and have reported to me taking all kinds of supplements uh, have damaged themselves or potentially could have created very serious damage to their health. As important as supplements are, now that's a personal statement, I believe that we do need to add nutritional supplements to our balanced diet, whatever that is. That's, that's the first tenet here, that I do believe that we should supplement our diet with nutritional supplements. But what I have seen over the last 31, 32 years of my clinical nutrition and holistic practice is that I would say nearly the majority of people, somewhere in the 80 percentile, take the wrong supplements, they take supplements that are not particularly absorbable. They take the wrong combinations of supplements. They may take their supplements at the wrong time of the day. Some people take too many supplements at once, saving them, well, saving them time uh, only to cause digestive issues, immune issues, serious neurologic issues, and all sorts of other health problems that many people simply never attribute to their supplements. Maybe that's because in part, some people think, well, supplements can't harm me. Supplements can harm you, and supplements do harm you. I see these patients every single day in my practice. Sometimes I have to start them completely new, removing supplementation that they're taking, fixing their biochemistry that's been hurt by the supplements, and then putting the supplements back at the right dosages, with the right timing, and other uh, factors which allow for success when taking nutritional supplements. Let's talk about success taking supplements just for a second. I mean, why is it that you take your supplements? Well, I can tell you why I take my supplements. Number one, as a 54-year-old man who's athletic and wants to maintain a certain appearance physically, I don't want an old man's body. Sorry, I don't want it. Uh, these are goals of mine. I want to be healthy. I want to offset risk of contracting various diseases that are in my family history. I want to deal powerfully with 
the fact that I was diagnosed at age 18 with multiple sclerosis. But don't worry, folks, I have no symptoms. I've never taken any MS medications. If you go to my website and listen to, actually read the paper I wrote called Mile 18, Mile 18, you'll find that in the search bar on the homepage. My website, by the way, is drmichaelwald.com, drmichaelwald.com. If you go to the search bar on the homepage, you can search any topic you'd like, and there's tons of free content there. Under the blog section, you'll find other radio shows of mine. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, if you want to listen to my Corona webinar, you can find that on the homepage of the website at drmichaelwald.com. If you want to reach me in other ways, perhaps some of you want to visit me as a patient or you want to set up a Zoom or a phone consultation at a distance, you can call me at 914-552-1442. And you can feel free to email me as well. You've been emailing me all along your show topics, this particular topic today on how uh, vitamins and other nutritional products um, can damage your health in 10 easy steps was suggested to me by many people. And when I see a, a number of you requesting certain topics, well, it's easy to see what you want and need to hear. Again, I'm not going to simply present information to you expecting you to just believe me. If you listen carefully to every other radio show that I've done, what I'm trying to do is elevate your level of awareness and develop your blood detective personality. That's a personality that's inquisitive, wants to know details, wants to know how to do things right, if you have that mindset, folks, and then you have this world that you live in, you will see the world differently and you will find ways of fulfilling on your mindset. If your mindset is, I'll just take my supplements blindly and hope for the, hope for the best, well, that's a big mistake. I cannot even count the number of people I've seen over the years that have just taken their supplements and assumed because they're natural or because they're supplements that uh, all is good. Almost no one, less than maybe 1% of people I've seen, tens of thousands of people over the years, have even had a malabsorption test. As a blood detective, ask yourselves, how would I possibly know what I'm absorbing if I don't have an absorption test? And furthermore, if I don't have an absorption test, uh, to know I have a problem, how, how do I know I'm fixing it? So testing and technology, when used correctly, and the right technology can bring you a long way towards not hurting yourself in terms of taking supplements. And supplements include, for the purpose of this conversation today, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, probiotics, and other nutraceuticals. So. Let's move to one good point to consider if you do not want to hurt yourself. First of all, you need to have some knowledge about vitamin and drug interactions. That's vitamin and drug interactions. There are both positive interactions between vitamins. We'll call, remember, vitamins mean vitamins, minerals, amino acids, etc. I'm just gonna say vitamins for brevity here. If you have no knowledge between the both, both the positive and the negative interactions of certain medications you may be taking and certain vitamins you're taking, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. And to take that a step further, it's one thing to have knowledge in drug nutrition interactions,
But you may also want to know, if you do take medications, what interactions may exist between various medications you're taking. Don't think just because they were prescribed by your doctor that there are not negative potential interactions. And don't mistake just for even a moment that when you picked up those medications from the pharmacy, that they were aware of any potential negative interactions between your supplements. From time to time, an astute pharmacist might say to you, you know, you need to talk to your doctor about these two drugs you're taking because together they can cause dysarrhythmias or they can cause uh, neurologic damage or bone marrow disease or whatever it is. Physicians generally have a fairly good, I wouldn't say excellent, fairly good command over the common drug interactions, but there are so many medications, there's just no way a physician can know all of that. And to look each one of these things up is very um, difficult, particularly in busy practices. That's why I don't run a practice where I see five patients at once. I found that if I see one person at a time, and I manage one person at a time, the chance for errors are far diminished. So the first rule to not damage your health is to know the interactions, both positive and negative, between the medications you're taking and nutritional supplements. As an example, a common one I've mentioned all along on my shows is that if you're taking any blood thinners like Advil or aspirin or Coumadin, and if you're also taking other blood thinners that are nutrients like folic acid, CoQ10, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin E, for example, you can cause a hemorrhagic stroke. That's a bleeding stroke as opposed to a thrombotic stroke, which involves a thrombus, which is a clot. You know, aspirin, for example, sadly enough, does reduce risk of thrombotic stroke, but it increases the risk of hemorrhagic or bleeding stroke. Both of these are disasters in medicine, and many people never fully recover. Another factor in terms of not damaging your health is to know very well every single vitamin and nutrient that you're taking. Because if you don't and you get symptoms, you're likely not to attribute them to the vitamins. You'll always attribute them to someone, something else. Once again, in my experience, my patients are so programmed into thinking that nutrients are, um, they cannot damage you that they, they don't know that certain symptoms they present to me are literally from their nutrients. I had a patient recently who had a persistent neuropathy where she had some numbness in her fingers and tingling would come and go, the same in her feet. And lo and behold, I discovered that it was from a vitamin B6 toxicity. So the B vitamins, folks, are supposed to be water-soluble, and they are, which means if you take too much, with quotations around too much, your body will excrete the rest. Well, it will do that to a point, but your body may put some of that B6 in the nervous system and cause damage, even though your body's eliminating other excesses. And that damage from B6 is very difficult to reverse. On the other hand, I've seen several doctors, including neurologists, especially a neurologist, that have misread blood tests and attributed someone's nerve issues to B6 toxicity, 
when it was from some other disease. And the reason they did that was because they have no experience using these vitamins and they read in their, their medical textbooks that B6 is toxic, but toxicity is relative. At the right dose, it's not toxic. If you take too much for too long, it might be toxic. Okay. How about, let's talk for a moment about some of the basics of your blood work because if you want to make sure that your nutrients are correct and you want to minimize the potential for damage to any part of the body, there isn't a part of the body that can escape uh, toxicity from nutritional supplements. After all, nutritional supplements circulate in the body. So how can anything be, or how can anything escape from that? That is why it's important to use the right science to determine what nutrients you need and what the timing of those nutrients should be and how long you should take them and are they working, meaning have they fixed underlying problems, not merely your symptoms, which again, this may seem like another tangent here, but lots of individuals taking nutrients are caught in the trap of thinking if they feel well, everything must be fine. To me, having been in this field again for so long, that, that logic makes no sense until I put myself in the place of my patient and reminding myself, well, if I'm feeling good, then maybe what I'm doing is good for me. Well, lots of people feel good when they are extremely sick. I've had patients that appear quite healthy. I'm thinking of another woman now, barely 40, who sat in front of me in my office and uh, she looked quite healthy, uh, fit, pretty lady, very intelligent. She admitted she had no fatigue, she had no aches or pains. What she did have was metastatic breast cancer throughout her whole body. So that may, you may think that's an exaggerated example of don't put too much into the fact that you feel good, but more often than not, most individuals only go by that. If they are feeling good, they think they're okay, especially if they feel better than they had. Now, logically, I understand that. But when someone like me looks at the chemistry of a person who appears okay, but their labs are sometimes a mess or show things that need to be fixed, they're quite surprised. And it's very difficult for their logic in their head to be reprogrammed because it takes a different sort of effort and mental headspace to say, well, yeah, I feel fine, but I do have these issues. I need to manage them. People don't tend to manage health problems until they stop them from doing what they want. So sometimes I need to emotionally help that patient detox. Uh, and I call that an emotional detox because when your head gets in the way of common sense and science, then what you need is an emotional detox, which means we need a conversation to reorient your thinking so that it supports your ultimate goal, which is to live life well, to fully participate or nearly fully participate uh, in life and not merely to add years onto your life with uh, disability and disease. So let's get back to how to read some basic aspects of your lab, because once again, you are listening to the blood detective and you are a blood detective if you start to have this knowledge and you start to use it. Listen, 
I am quite sure that I don't know you, but I'm talking to you right now. You have learned harder things in your life. Yes, I admit, I've spent years studying this area of blood nutrition interpretation, which is why I was nicknamed the blood detective because I'm really good at it. And I wrote a 500 page textbook that is required reading for one of the largest, if not the largest nutritional organization certifying group in the United States, which is the International and American Association of Clinical Nutritionists. So a lot of people are reading that book. It's a expensive textbook, by the way. It's not meant for the lay public, but shows like this and information on my website, if you should look up, you know, reading your labs, you'll find radio shows that I've done on it and other texts for you to read. So if you look at your blood work, if you've ever had a cholesterol level, for example, and maybe your cholesterol is high. Now your doctor will not consider your cholesterol high unless your cholesterol is above 200. But healthy people studies say you do not want a cholesterol any higher than between 160 and 185. That's the range you want to be. When you're there as opposed to 190, 195, 199, and certainly higher, your risk of cardiovascular disease exponentially increases. If cholesterol is elevated, how do you nutritionally interpret that? Well, some basic things to consider are, let's say, fiber in the diet. So both soluble and insoluble fiber from fruits and vegetables bind to cholesterol in the intestinal tract or simply wash the cholesterol out of the bowel as fiber tends to do, helping to lower cholesterol. And since cholesterol has a, is the mother hormone, or you, uh, you can say, of progesterone, pregnenolone, estrogen, and testosterone, when the body deposits, those are the hormones in your intestinal tract, when it's, you know, use them up and, and they're spent and they should be excreted. If you're not moving your bowels normally, then they get resorbed back in your body. And then the levels of those hormones can either increase to dangerous levels or they don't increase. They're perfectly normal. But the levels really should be lower in you if you were flushing your intestines out normally. So normal lab tests, let's say of hormones, for example, or even of nutrients, that doesn't mean you don't, that, that you're handling everything right or that you don't need any more nutrients. It depends on the health problem you have and the manner in which you test. So for example, with fiber, it's easy. If you're taking fiber for a specific symptom like constipation, you try different fibers and you figure out the dose you need to make your bowels move. So that's easy. There's no, you don't need a laboratory test for that. But if you wanted to find out, for example, do you have enough vitamin B12, do you have enough folic acid or B6 uh, and hydrochloric acid, you would want to look at the size of your red blood cells, not only the level of those nutrients in your blood. So let me say that a little differently, and it's really important you get this. Think of a table in your house as a red blood cell. Now, if you walk around your table, you're walking around in the plasma and the table is floating around in the plasma. So your red blood cell, which is the table, is floating around in the plasma. Now, let's say the plasma, which is you're, you're walking in, in your plasma, let's say you're carrying in your arms uh, a good deal of B12, B6, folic acid, hydrochloric acid, and you're carrying a normal amount. So your blood work, your plasma levels are normal for all those nutrients. But if those nutrients are working correctly, that table that you're walking around, which is the red blood cell, 
it should be normal size for a red blood cell. If it's too large, then that means the nutrients are not being used properly and your red blood cell will become too large. When it becomes too large, it becomes too heavy. When it becomes too heavy, it's a stress on the cardiovascular system and the lungs. If it's too large, it tends to live less time, which puts a strain on your bone marrow to make more red blood cells. And these big red blood cells tend to have hard membranes. So when they go through the tiny capillaries, they can create micro clots and all sorts of issues. So when I have patients come in and they say to me, Dr. Will, can you measure all the blood levels of vitamins? Uh, I explain to them the types of testing. So sometimes you need to do urine testing and plasma and red blood cell, you see. And always, 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 we want to make sure we're taking the right nutrients based on symptoms and issues that you're having, health goals that you want to reach may require more nutrition. You want to work out, you want to get more flexible, you want to improve your, your memory. All of these things you want to detox require more and more in a smarter way. So we can interpret cholesterol on the blood test by saying it's high because not enough fiber, not enough vitamin E, not enough red rice yeast. It has to be at least 3,000 milligrams, probably twice a day. Um, CoQ10, niacin, plant sterols, cayenne pepper, polycosinols, all of those things are known to lower cholesterol in a very straightforward way. If a person's generally healthy and they have a high cholesterol, these nutrients plus exercise and a balanced diet for that person uh, should normalize the cholesterol. And sometimes your initial dose I might give you a certain dose, you might figure one out yourself, may not work. So then what do you do? Well, one or the other of these nutrients that I just mentioned would need to be adjusted, increased, decreased, taken differently, taken with food, taken away from food. In other words, when figuring out what you need nutritionally so that you don't damage your health, which is the topic of the show, you need to realize that your dosing will need to change sometimes very often. With me, my dosing changes quite often because I do many different sorts of physical activities and I have um, some intense stressors uh, in my practice. You know, it's not easy sometimes treating extremely ill people. When someone who's uh, pretty healthy comes in here, well, what a relief. But this is, this is just the reality of my world. But I love to hike, I love to trail run, I love to lift weights, I love martial arts. So as I alter these things during the week, uh, my nutrition may need to be different than the following week. I, of course, then check my labs and I fill out questionnaires that help me pinpoint where and how and what changes need to be made. I'll give you a few other examples of how to interpret your labs because again, as a blood detective, your own personal blood detective, you need to know some of this. Let's say magnesium. Magnesium is needed for over 200 different enzymatic reactions in the body. And most people will bring their lab tests in and say to me, here, Dr. Wall, I have my magnesium level. And they'll show me a plasma or a serum level. Plasma or serum levels are extremely inaccurate for magnesium. One of the reasons is that they fluctuate uh, literally all the time. Now, if I were to check your red blood cell magnesium, why do you think that would be better? Some of you probably know. I'll give you the answer. 
red blood cell, magnesium is better than plasma or serum because a red blood cell lives 120 days. So if your magnesium is normal in that red blood cell, you, you're pretty good for the last four months, most likely. This isn't 100%. No single test is 100%. Because what if you're trying to improve your memory and your red blood cell magnesium, which is great for memory, is normal, but maybe, you're, maybe your brain cells are low in magnesium. See, no one's gonna biopsy those. That's just not done. So we, and I, figure this out through a number of different ways, through conversation with people, through detailed questionnaires, trial and error, starting with high quality pharmaceutical grade nutrients. Let me digress for a moment. How do you know if the supplements you're taking are really as good as you think they are? Remember, the only reason you take them or think they are as good as you think they are is because that's how you've been educated on the, on the, on the web or perhaps the manufacturer gave you information, but you don't really know. And if you're thinking that, well, you feel better now than you ever have, well, you could have felt better anyway. See, if you're feeling better than you had and your questionnaires are really reflecting that and your laboratory is improved, then that means something. Not you feel fantastic, better than you ever have and your labs still are not okay. And so we'll get back to labs in a second. No, I come to think of it, let's give, let's, let me give you another example of a very important one that no one talks about. On a standard blood test, which contains a chemistry, a, a comprehensive metabolic panel, there is a test called BUN, B as in boy, U as umbrella, N as in Nancy, BUN, blood urea nitrogen. If your blood urea nitrogen is elevated, your doctor is going to completely ignore it. And some of you out there, go look at your tests. It's gonna be high. If it is high, you're gonna wonder why no one ever told you. <laughs> not a day goes by that I am open for practice, that I do not look at labs that are loaded with abnormalities. My patients had no idea. And they are very concerned as they should be. And they say, how is this? I call them up, they said everything was fine or they mailed me the test and that's all I heard. That's what you hear. Well, if you have abnormalities like an elevated bun, or yesterday, yesterday I had someone with an elevated bun, uh, two, uh, the cholesterol and the LDL was abnormal, and there were three or four, possibly even five other abnormalities, and she wasn't feeling well, and she was told her labs are fine. Well, when the doctor looks at that, if the doctor even looked at it, sometimes it's the nurse or it's even the front desk, uh, if those abnormalities don't equal up to a particular condition that's treatable, they just blow it off. Why would you have, why is it okay for you to have all these abnormalities on your labs and that's okay? I had one person, she was told, well, my doctor said, she told me, that, um, you know, I'm in my 70s and, you know, these laboratory abnormalities are expected. And I said to her, that's not true. She says, well, how, how do you know? Why should I believe you? She was very straightforward and I appreciated that. I said, well, the lab ranges are determined based on surveying the lab results of seemingly well women who donated blood at a blood bank. And that goes into the national average and determines the range of every blood test. So for a blood test to say cholesterol is normal between zero and 200, that means that they have checked a number of individuals, but 95% of women are 
at the upper two-thirds of that cholesterol range. Vitamin D3, for example, the ranges are 30 to 100. 95% of men and women are right around 50. But the studies that say what is the best level of vitamin D to have to reduce your overall risk of dying of anything and to increase your longevity and reduce your disease risk is having a value of vitamin D3 at between 70 and 95. Some doctors don't know this. Why don't they know it? Because they haven't read the literature because they're not interested. They're interested in whatever they're interested in. So the ranges are very, very important. If I look at a person's labs, even if there are no abnormalities on the test, remember those ranges of all those tests are based upon average people who are not particularly the healthiest people in the population. So I've said this before, as a 54-year-old man, I do not compare my labs to 54-year-old men. I compare my labs to 25-year-old men. Do I have all the same markers uh, and improvements in my, my blood that a 25-year-old would? I don't, but m more than half I do. And that change in chemistry has my physiology behave a, a, just a different way. Without any physical injuries, I am nearly as fast now as I've always been, and I'm fast. And I can run a marathon, and I can lift weights for two hours. So these are things that I want. And I go hiking and trail running, as I mentioned. So given whatever goals you have, the nutritionist that you're working with needs to consider all of that. It's so odd to me. I'm giving you some insights into what some of us nutritional people think. Uh, I might have a, a patient sit before me and they say, Dr. Wald, yeah, I've um, been taking supplements. I've been following you, the diet plan that you suggested and the lifestyle improvements. Um, and I started exercising. I said, oh, great. When did you do that? Oh, about a week ago. I started doing this, that, and the other thing. I said, okay, we need to adjust things. And they say, well, what do you mean? I said, well, exercise is a stress. It's a positive stress if your body manages it, but it, it does cost you nutritionally. Uh, the, all that effort and changes in your body don't just happen out of nowhere. They come from your body using nutrition differently. For example, if you want to put on muscle and lean mass and burn fat, you need more protein and you need it in the morning. Um, but if you never told me that's what you wanted to do, I might not made that, have made that particular recommendation to you. So I spend a long time getting very clear with my clients what it is they're trying to do. I mean, personally, I love goals. I'm constantly setting goals for myself. Some of them are you might consider them small goals. So for today, for example, I'll, I will be recording two shows, not just one, because I won't be available to do the next one because I have another engagement. So my goal today is to do those two shows and to exercise and to trail run. And I have to draw floor plans for a phlebotomy school that I'm opening, which is a blood drawing school, giving certifications to people. My point is, it's all about knowing what your goals are, and then setting your day up to have that fulfilled. If I had no idea what I wanted to do, the chances are I might be all over the place. If your life is a mess, if your health is a mess, your head is a mess. I don't care if you went to the smartest nutritionist, if you did everything uh, seemingly right, you gotta work on your head space as well. In terms of 
supplementation. So I'll ask you a question, everyone. How do you know if you're taking enough omega-3 fatty acids? Because if you get this wrong, you could really damage your health. Again, for those of you that are just joining us, and just to remind everyone who is currently here now, that the show topic today is how to damage your health with nutritional supplements in 10 easy steps. I'll probably give you more than 10, but each of these, each of these concepts go a long way towards improving uh, your health and reducing the risks that are inherent to, let's say, doing things on your own and not getting it right. So back to omega-3s. We said earlier, if you take too many omega-3s with blood thinners, you can cause hemorrhagic stroke, which is a life-threatening problem. So assuming you're not on blood thinners, how do you know if you're taking the right amount of omega-3s, which um, practically everyone should be taking unless you have a fish allergy, uh, and if you have an iodine sensitivity, uh, you might be fine with omega-3 fatty acids. Just talk to your nutritionist about that. Hopefully a clinical board certified nutritionist, that's a whole other thing. There are different kinds of nutritionists and different levels. And the public, from what I can tell, doesn't know the difference. But the way you know if you have the right omega-3s is you have the practitioner run a peripheral blood smear to see if your platelets and your red blood cells are sticking together or not. If you unstick them, you unstick them, and then you, you look at the dose you're taking, and that is likely the dose that you need. The other thing that's very important that you do not hear much about, why I don't have a clue, is if you wanna know if you're taking the, the right nutrition and eating the right way, you must, 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 did, did I say must? Yes. <laughs> you must have a body composition or bioimpedance test done. Once again, I've mentioned this before, before I review what that test is and how it applies to nutrition and not killing yourself with nutrition, I just wanna make a quick announcement for those of you just joining us. My name is Dr. Michael Wald. You're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. This is a show where I try to help you become your own blood detective. You can reach me at 914-552-1442, or you can email me at info at blooddetective, that's two Ds, blooddetective.com. Okay, as far as supplements, let me bring up another good example of how taking a supplement the wrong way that seems innocuous can really hurt you. Probiotics. Practically everyone should take probiotics, except if you're on blood thinners, you must be very careful and you must only take supplements under the auspices of a trained a clinical nutritionist who hopefully is also a dietitian, who also hopefully is a doctor so they can do labs because non-doctors cannot do laboratory tests. And even if they could, they can't read them. Uh, they've not had that education in school, so they shouldn't be, shouldn't be doing that. But having said that, I'll tell you one positive thing about probiotics. If you take probiotics, and we're assuming here for a second they're all the same, which they ain't, okay, um, and you're on blood thinners, you can reverse the effect of your blood thinners. So if you need your blood thinners to thin your blood because you've had uh, deep vein thromboses or clots in your lower legs and pulmonary infarctions and lungs uh, tissue collapse known as atelectasis, the Probiotics make vitamin K. Vitamin K promotes clotting in the blood. And anti-clotting agents 
are anti-clotting agents. So you don't want to be fighting against your medications. But if you're not on blood thinners, the best way to take a probiotic is you take it with a protein. If you take your probiotic with either an animal, animal or a plant-based protein, you will double the yield of that probiotic. So if you're taking, you know, 14 billion bugs, it's like you took 28 billion bugs by taking it with a protein. Now, let me complete my thought on the bioimpedance test. The bioimpedance test or body composition analysis is the number one biomarker, which means it's the number one test that predicts a person's morbidity or mortality from any cause. So if you have a body composition test done, it will measure a couple of things. I'll just name just a handful of important mar markers that it checks, and it checks more than this, at least a professional level machine does. Number one, it'll tell you your phase angle. That is a highly predictive number that says if your health improvements are going to improve your longevity. If your phase angle is high enough, then your efforts are really counting. Let's say you feel great and your phase angle is high, great. If you feel great and your phase angle is low, not great, but you feel the same. The phase angle is an energetic measurement of the energy of cells in the entire body. It even predicts whether or not cancer patients are gonna live or not if their cancer markers have become normal. In other words, oncologists tell the patient, listen, you're doing great, you had your chemo, your radiation, your cancer markers are extremely low or they're not even detectable, good luck, we're gonna take you off everything. What always happens, just about always, the cancer markers start to rise again. And then everyone in medicine pretends how rare of an event this is, and this is not, simply not true. Now, if you have normalized your cancer markers, and I don't care if it's with natural methods either, if you've normalized your cancer markers in any way, or you have improved any other symptom of a problem that's non-cancerous, so now this applies to everyone, if your phase angle is not above about an eight, then you've got a lot more work to do. If you're a seven or a six or anything lower than that, you have, uh, your issues will likely come back and you have not made long-term fixes. Also, a body composition will measure your water in and outside of your cells, which determines a lot of functionality on a cellular basis. And the body comp will tell you the percentage of muscle, water, and fat in your body, and your metabolic rate. If I know your metabolic rate, I know how you burn things. The dosing of your supplements and foods can partially be based on that. It's a very accurate marker. Almost no one I see, remember I mentioned this earlier, almost no one I see has ever gotten an absorption test or malabsorption test or a body composition test. It is the most neglected uh, uh, test. I, I just don't understand it. Um, oftentimes, even the holistic uh, arena, practitioners will do tests that are just useless, like electrodermal testing, for example, of vitamins. Completely ridiculous. No science, it's wrong. But sometimes practitioners do what they can given their limitations of license. Or they really think these things work because they were educated by, let's say, some, the company that told them that, and they don't question, which is super common. Super common. 
you would think practitioners uh, are better in discerning what works and what doesn't, but it really depends on their natural common sense and also what their educational background is. You know, I realize my deficiencies, well, first of all, on a daily basis, I'm, I'm constantly improving. I, my philosophy is very simple. I do not let anything get by me that I don't know. So I write it down or I look it up right there, I commit it to memory and I move on. If you don't do that, then the pile of stuff you don't know and the whole base of what you're, where you're coming from to make important health decisions for people is just off. So the other way you want to damage your health is go to a practitioner that is not qualified to, to treat your issues. Another way to damage your health is to not know the difference between a online certification that might be okay and most often is not okay. I mean, you can't really educate a person very well with, let's say, even a year of online nutrition studies. I mean, to get a master's degree is, you know, another year past the basic undergraduate level. And if the person's had the undergraduate education too, you're dealing with several years. And then if you are naturally oriented like I have been, and then I went to medical school, everything I learned was from that perspective. Meaning I was naturally oriented, I went through medical school with that filter, I got a lot out of it, that education. The same thing for when I went to chiropractic school. Same thing for when I went to acupuncture school. The same thing to when I taught uh, in, at nursing schools. So because I realized my own deficiencies, I constantly am improving my certifications. So when I got my dietitian license, I realized, you know, that just teaches you how to count calories. And dietitians are not really for supplementation because they don't learn that in school. Just a couple of examples of, of supplements they'll learn. So honestly, uh, if you're not learning these things in school, this is true for medical professionals as well, then they also uh, will have a negative opinion, generally speaking, uh, particularly since their colleagues don't, they also have general, uh, generally negative opinions and everyone wants to fit in, so you know, they just don't do it. So if you wanna really hurt yourself doing nutrition, see a practitioner who's not qualified. You must go beyond their personality as well. There, there are sadly some very qualified nutritionists that have very poor bedside manners, but this is, um, makes it difficult. I, I do understand that. So another way to, let's say, read your blood so that you don't kill your health, particularly right now in the corona environment we have, is you want to take the right nutrition for your immune system and for anti-inflammatory effects and for clotting problems because the coronavirus, number one, has an affinity for the lungs. Most of you have heard this. It causes inflammation of the lungs, which can cause microclotting, not just in the lungs, but microclots throughout the whole body. So there's the clotting part. The inflammation is causing all this, so that's the inflammation part. And the immune system is triggered, obviously, because it is a virus. But you wanna have the proper nutrition for corona. The, so I'm gonna give you some ideas about that. And these ideas, like everything else on all of my shows, are for your education. This is not personalized treatment for you or suggestions that would replace the advice of uh, any health providers that you are seeing. So that's my disclaimer for this information. So one, if you wanna improve your immune system, most people can do that if they supplement with four or five different things. 
Uh, keep in mind though, if I say to you, how do you improve your immune system? You might start thinking about some common herbs and vitamins and things and diet that would improve your immune system on some theoretical basis. But if your immune system, it, first of all, there are three immune systems. There's the humoral immune system, there's the complement immune system, and the cell-mediated immune system. So to say that you know what supplements to take and foods and all that for your immune system is already flawed in terms of your thinking. But, uh, well, so, so how do you get to the truth? How do you really know? You do testing and you do the right questionnaires with a practitioner who knows about the immune system. Again, earlier in my life, when I was diagnosed with MS at age 18, as I mentioned, uh, my father was a talented nutritionist and chiropractor and he, he got me well. And what he did was also is he measured lots of tests at the time. And he did the best he could with the technology then. And I remember discussing the different immune issues that I had. And then we targeted them. My point is everyone needs what they need for their immune system or immune systems. But arabinogalactins, which are carbohydrate type, um, I guess you call them moieties that can help Regulate the immune system is important. Also olive leaf and a beta-glucan, the 1216 form of it, and maitake mushrooms uh, that are composed of the fruiting body. So arabinogalactins, olive leaf, beta-glucan, maitake. You can learn more about the supplements that I produce, which are the blood detective supplements. If you go to blooddetective.com, uh, there's this a good write-up on most of the supplements there. I don't use my company exclusively, by the way. It depends on the needs of my patient. So what I could make better and cheaper than anyone that I was aware of, I did that. And for those products that I found were just, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't replicate them, uh, then I use them from other companies and I recommend other companies. So just to be aware of that. No one practitioner I don't believe can make all of the supplements that they need for their entire patient population um, by themselves. So if they're just using their own supplements, I would say it's a red flag. And that could be a factor in damaging your health by not taking the best things. That means it's, you're wasting your time and you're increasing your susceptibility to, to your health problems getting worse and worse. Okay. So how about another supplement? When we talk about Corona, we talked about the immune system supplements, just a few things, a few other things as well. And many of these products that I'm mentioning to you, they're not just immune modulators, but they're anti-inflammatory and they're anticoagulants. Those are the three things you need to be, at least the, the, those things you need to be very, very aware of if you want to give your body the best nutritional advantage uh, in a corona world. And whatever other underlying health problems you have, if you take all the best corona nutrition, think, think of... Think of um, yourself wearing a big hat, and in that hat, you're carrying all of these nutrients you need for corona, let's say. Now, if you have other underlying conditions like digestive issues, hormonal issues, arthritis, you name it, that's everything under the hat. If you don't manage those, the hat is gonna fall off your head. You're going to, all the baseline things that you need are just not there. So you need to find out what you need for your needs. I'm gonna say that again because that's what a blood detective does. 
You find out what you need for your needs. So when a patient of mine says, Dr. Wald, how do we, how do we fix these things? By giving you what you need for your needs. So again, it's based on questionnaires, detailed conversation, laboratory tests, and then some post-laboratory tests after some period of time to make sure that things are actually working the way we want. So another supplement you need, whether it's corona or just general health, as one of the basic things is vitamin C. You wanna make sure that you take vitamin C daily because its half-life is very short. So if you don't take it daily and you don't take it at least twice a day, although three times is ideal, I know it's difficult, even for me, I use my Google Calendar with reminders and it, it tells me you know, what, what I need to do. There's no need to fill your, your head up with things like when to take your vitamins if you can allow external technologies uh, to do that for you, uh, like a Google Calendar. So when patients say to me, now I can't remember to take these, I say, that's an easy one. Let me show you how to use your Google Calendar. And then they'll say, oh, I know how to do it. I'm like, do it now. Let's set it up. Let's set you up for success. If you don't set up your life style for success, then you have a great probability of damaging your health by neglecting it, by not taking what you need when you need to take it, okay? So how much vitamin C is the right dose? The right dose is based on a flush test, not taking 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000. You need to take what you need for your needs. Sound familiar? So what you do is you get a buffered powdered vitamin C, and I produce buffered powdered vitamin C that I buffer, making it non-acid because ascorbic acid is not something you wanna take unless you have low stomach acid. Then you do wanna take ascorbic acid. But for a flushing test, you never take ascorbic acid. You take sodium ascorbate, which is um, buffered with calcium, magnesium, and potassium, 350, 350 and 99 milligrams respectively. And you take a level teaspoon of vitamin C every 30 minutes in two to three ounces of water or juice. And you should not do this if you have ulcers, by the way. And then you take that C every 30 minutes until you get a flushing diarrhea. Not just a loose stool, but it's really coming out. Then you stop with the vitamin C. And then I instruct my patients to then take two thirds of the amount of vitamin C it took to get the flush in two or three equally divided doses throughout the day. As you get healthier, your body will start to produce the flush mildly because if you need less vitamin C, your body's gonna say, I don't need as much, so it's gonna move it out through the bowels in the form of loose stool. Then you can adjust and titrate your level of vitamin C for the rest of your life, and you don't need anyone to help you with that. And no, you can't use capsules and tablets to do vitamin C flushes. They're not uh, reliable methods. But then, how do you know that you finally have the amount of vitamin C you need, which is to bowel tolerance, because you can't take anything more than that unless you're going to inject it in an IV. And don't bother with that unless you have a, you know, a cancerous situation, because you'd have to take you know, vitamin C from an IV only lasts a few hours, and it's overpriced. So right now, IVs are really big, because for some reason they are. They got big in the, in the spa industry, and now everyone is, you know, charging huge amounts of money for, for these IVs and, and doing them wrong. For example, if you have cancer and you're getting vitamin C, you can't do that once a week. You have to do that every day. 
you want to do it every day because your cancer's in you every day. And vitamin C intravenously, by the way, helps to kill cancer cells. Most of us know that, and that's been proven. But how does it do it? It doesn't do it by acting as an antioxidant, right? You thought vitamin C was an antioxidant. Well, it is and it isn't. When it's intravenous, it's an oxidant. And that's how you want it to be in the blood. I did write one of the, well, actually, it's the only book on intravenous nutrition and disease published in the United States. But having done that, I can say to you that almost never does someone actually need IVs. There are times where they do, but they need the proper oral nutritional supplementation and they need to do the flush. So when you do this flush, as I mentioned, you use a buffered vitamin C so you don't hurt your health with uh, using an ascorbic acid. And the thing about the buffered C is that it's highly absorbable and there's still two other questions you must answer regarding the vitamin C as your own personalized blood detective for you to know that you're not gonna damage your health. Well, here's what they are. You must, must measure your vitamin C levels in your urine. If the urine has vitamin C, your body is fully saturated. If your blood levels of vitamin C are high, that doesn't correlate with urine and with full body saturation. So you need a vitamin C urine test that measures do you have enough vitamin C in your urine, and then you need a test in your urine that is a measure of dehydroascorbate, which is the oxidized, used up form, in a sense, of vitamin C. If you have enough vitamin C in your urine, but your urine has excessive amounts of the oxidized form in the urine, then that means you're not using your vitamin C correctly because you probably need other so-called antioxidants. All right, real quick, regarding vitamin C and other so-called antioxidants like vitamin E and selenium and et cetera, in the few minutes we have left, there are no such thing as antioxidants. Those nutrients are potential antioxidants or potential oxidants, depending on the body you put them into. I wish I could say more about that, but if you don't know that and you don't measure some of these simple urine tests, you absolutely can hurt yourself in our easy step format. So for those of you that are listening and taking notes, thanks for that. You can answer, uh, you can send me questions also through my website at info at blooddetective.com. The website is drmichaelwald.com. My phone number is 914-552-1442. But before we go, a few other things you should consider. One is a general thyroid support because most people try to improve their health and they're unaware that their thyroid gland is a bit slow. And you need that thyroid function for metabolic rate and cellular energy. So a thyroid support, like the one I have on blooddetective.com, should contain the right form and amounts of zinc, copper, tyrosine, and the herb ashwagandha. Very, very important. Sometimes that herb alone can cure Hashimoto's thyroiditis or low thyroid. You also need to know, as I've said earlier, do you absorb normally? So one of the tests for absorption is a nutrient test of the urine known as indican. The more you have, the more you malabsorb. Another nutrient that's important for your immune system as a so-called antioxidant, as an antiviral agent, and very importantly, 
a mucolytic agent to break up mucus, whether it's corona or just general health, is NAC, N-acetylcysteine. I take 3,000 milligrams a day, and NAC is, I mean, I can't think of a more perfect nutrient for corona because it manages increasing glutathione immunity in the lungs. It's a mucolytic agent breaking up mucus in the lungs and the rest of the body. It's an antioxidant, it's an anticoagulant, it's an anti-infectious agent, not just viruses, but, but uh, fungal organisms and parasites, for example. Very important. Then, for general health and well-being, so that you have greater resiliency in this toxic world, in this stress-ridden world, is to build up your adrenal glands by using the adrenal hormone, DHEA, and pregnenolone, along with the thyroid supplement. All of these you can also find on Blood Detective, even if you just read the descriptions of the supplements. DHEA is an adrenal hormone. Pregnenolone is a hormone that helps the body maintain lean body mass and helps hormonal imbalances. The same thing with DHEA. These hormones tend to precipitously diminish after age 30. You want a probiotic, you want the right vitamin C, you want a joint-based a joint supplement, you want an omega-3 as long as you don't have any contraindications to any of these things. And then finally, remembering, you don't want to take too many vitamins, so what's too much? Well, that's another interesting question. I take quite a lot of supplements because I have a lot of stress. The stress of my working out, the stress of my normal aging, the stress of my body fighting against the normal aging, the stress of uh, chelating toxins in the environment that I'm exposed to. So all of these come into consideration and then you minimize what you need when you, again, do those careful questionnaires, you can reduce doses, the timing can be better, and you do the right testing, which in the right hands can really diminish the dosing of what you need so that the supplements actually work better. If supplementation is combined in a smart way, that, be, that produces a synergistic or super synergistic effect, which means that all of these nutrients, even at lower doses, when they're combined right, work better. So what you've been listening to is how to damage your health with nutritional supplements in 10 easy steps. I know I've given you at least 10 easy steps, but the point is you should hopefully feel free to re-listen to the show. Send me some questions, some show ideas. For those of you who would like to reach me to work with me in person, I am taking new patients right now. My number is 914-552-1442, 914-552-1442. And you can email me at info at blooddetective.com and also go to drmichaelwall.com for lots of free information from the website. It was a pleasure speaking with you about this topic. Thank you so much for suggesting it. And I will talk with you all very soon. Take care and be safe.